Hey, I've got a word for you, and I want to turn to Matthew chapter 16, and it, it's uh, Jesus raising a question with the disciples at Caesarea Philippi. It's very pertinent, what was said 2,000 years ago, to 2023. And uh, so I'm going to read, start by reading this scripture where Jesus poses a question, and uh, Simon Peter has the great answer. There are others that have, you know, some different viewpoints about the Oh, the opinions floating around, um, trying to assess who Jesus actually is. And by the way, this is uh, important that we get it right with understanding who and properly interpreting who Jesus is, what his mission is, uh, the uniqueness of his personality. And, and, and it says here, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, which is a northern part of Israel, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say? What, what's the vibe? What's the majority report? What's the opinion? What's being debated? What's, what's the talk, you know? And they immediately piped up and they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. And um, I want to tell you, by the way, John the Baptist was, according to the scriptures, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. And Isaiah and Jeremiah and everyone would agree, due to his particular point and message in history and time. He was introducing the lamb that was coming, who was slain before the foundations of the world. And uh, some thought he was John the Baptist. Others thought Elijah. Elijah had an illustrious ministry in his earthly life, saw many miracles, accomplished many things as a prophet. But still others, Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. So at this stage, people were saying, well, Jesus is a, is a prophetic, he's a, he's a prophet, you know, he's, he's telling things forth in power and he's, he's, he's seeing things that others don't see. And, and so they were, they were saying that, but then it, Jesus says, okay, now so much for the majority report, the general opinion and, and conjecture of others. He said in verse 15, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? This is where Jesus is so he does this. He he goes from macro to micro. He goes from general to specific. He goes from population to person to individual. And he says, uh, "What's the general opinion? You know, what's the philosophy of the conservative world, of the liberal world, of the agnostic world, of the atheistic world, of the other world religions? What's the viewpoint? How do they view Jesus?" And then he says, "But but, who do you say that I am?" Peter, Simon Peter steps up, and I love Simon Peter. He says, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one. The son of the living God. Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. It's not popular opinion that got this over to you. It's not book learning that got you this. It's not your own intellectual perceptions. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. I'll tell you who did, though. My Father, who is in heaven, revealed this to you. And I say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. So there's a benefit to 
revelation. Uh, that's why Paul later prayed that a spirit of wisdom and revelation and a clear knowledge of him would come. And that's my prayer for you today. My wife and I pray this just about every day for you guys, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. And I think that I, for some reason I'm feeling led to go into this today, and this might just help some of you. And, and I think it's important that this question that's being raised by Jesus himself, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? At Caesarea Philippi so many years ago, it's very overlaid right now here in this hour because what we do with Jesus is critical. And um, there's an article in 2020, um, and it was actually, I think, in Newsweek, and it was quoting a, a, an article from the Christian Post from a survey conducted by Legionnaire Ministries. They found in their um, survey that over 52% of adults say Jesus isn't God, but is a great teacher. That's over half in 2020. So the same questions being posed and people are saying, oh, he might be John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets, you know. Um, but who do you say that I am? Ah, oh, you know, he's a, he's a great teacher. Now this, this led me to and reminded me of something I learned when I was a young Christian called C.S. Lewis's Trilemma. And um, it's an apologetic argument traditionally used to argue for the divinity of Jesus Christ by postulating that only the only alternatives were that he was either evil or mad. One version was popularized, as I said, by C.S. Lewis. He was a University of Oxford uh, literary scholar, author of, you know, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and so many other books. He, he, he gave out... Uh, a series of lectures on BBC radio in the 19, I think, late 40s. And um, he, he got, it's called, it's called the, the lunatic liar or Lord argument or mad, bad, or God. And it, it, it takes this form of a trilemma, uh, a choice among three options, um, even of which, either each of which is in some way difficult to accept. This argument is very popular with soul winners, people that are out there with that 52% who think Jesus is a good teacher, but that's about it. And um, he, I'll just tell you what he said, and it was published later in his book, Mere Christianity. He said, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, uh, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say, said C.S. Lewis. That, yeah, he's a good teacher. He said, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would, be a great, would not be a great moral teacher. He would be either a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of the living God or else a madman or something worse. 
You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him, kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us, said Lewis. He did not intend to. Now it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend, and consequently, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. Jesus is the Son of God, and he's God the Son. This is important. And it's important that we have a reckoning and an understanding and then a resolve to embrace who he really is. We need to understand it so we can help him to be understood. It needs to be clarified to us so we can be clear in our message. It needs to be at the bedrock and core of our theology and our salvation and our dogma so we can carry this as a, a, on our lips and on our thoughts and in our tone because we'll, we'll address people that have that 52% that think he's just a, he is a great teacher. There are whole religions that say, oh, he's a prophet, but he's not the son of God. And they're wonderful, sweet people that Jesus died for. I spoke with some, a guy that thinks Jesus is, is a brother of Lucifer and he's progressing and he's developing and and, and, but he was a sweet, there was a sweet interaction I had with him, but that, that's, 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 that's not correct biblically. We, we've got to understand this uh, so we can be understood. We've got to know him so that we can make him known. And so it's really important, it's so important. Uh, I, I just feel such a burden about this. Who do men say that I am? Well, they say a lot of things. Well, but, but, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter says, you're, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the promise of all that we read in Hebrew school. And, 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 and you're, you're the son of the living God. The, you know what Isaiah prophesied? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Yes, Jesus is the son of man, but he's also the son of God. He's conceived of the Holy Spirit in a holy way because he's the Holy Spirit. And Mary, the virgin, carried him according to the scriptures and it's the miracle of what the theologians call a hypostatic union. He's fully God and he's fully man. That's fascinating. That's a mystery. And that, yet that is the core of our belief. Uh, with the resurrection, Paul said, people are denying the resurrection. And if there's no resurrection, he said, then our our, we are of men most miserable, and our faith is vain, and, and our preaching is vain. But Paul said that he, his work was not in vain. His labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your life is not in vain in the Lord when it's in the Lord. And so it's important that Christianity stay in the biblical tone with which it was originated, and that we don't drift from it, and that we stay central on who Jesus is. There are some brilliant cynics and skeptics that have platforms of the printed page and of the oral, oral presentation and of they are very articulate and yet they're wrong. We've got to understand when Jesus said this at Caesarea Philippi, this was a gathering place similar to the Areopagus on Mars Hill in Athens where Paul was preaching and people just loved to discuss and debate. 
and they love to discuss and debate things of pantheism in, in uh, Caesarea Philippi. You know, pluralism and relativism. Uh, you, this was the era of Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle and so forth. The, the, this, this was a time when Hinduism had been flourishing for centuries. Buddhism had been flourishing for centuries. All around the world, belief systems abounded. And Jesus comes in and, John, and Thomas says, we don't know the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I say that to the cynic. I say that to the skeptic. One time I was having a meal with a multi-billionaire at his beautiful uh, 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 fishing lodge that was just, it looked so amazing and had original artwork and it was beautiful and the, 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 the lakes were filled with giant fish and it was eagles were flying overhead and it was amazing. We were having a great conversation and he asked me what I thought about, about how to get to heaven and I said, well, I believe Jesus is the only way. His ears pinned back. He got so mad at me. He looked at me and said, I regard you as a narrow-minded, bigoted uh, evangelical. I thought, I, what? <laughs> we were just talking about the bass we caught today. I wasn't trying to pick a fight. He asked me a question. And uh, I treasure the reality that there's a way of escape from our sin that separates us from God and an assurance of a heaven we can gain and a hell we could avoid. And it's through the sacrifice of one, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus is not just a great teacher. And C.S. Lewis drives that point so clearly home. Well, no good teacher makes the claims he made. Uh, otherwise, he'd be a liar or a lunatic. Jesus is neither of those. Now, some argue, well, uh, the Roman Empire or religion came along to try to uh, deify Jesus. He never claimed to be a deity. And I, I want to just say there are, are so many multiple references in the scriptures, clear as can be, of who Jesus is. And I'll just give you a few of them, and I don't think there's time for the the the... the people to put them up on the screens. But Hebrews 1.8, talking about angels and Jesus, said, it says, uh, but the son, of the Son, he says, uh, your throne, O God, is forever and, and ever, and the righteous scepter it, it is, the, is the scepter of his kingdom. Your throne, O God. Jesus is the Son of God, and he's God the Son. Yes. Titus 2.13 looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Romans 9, 5, talking about the Jewish people and the fathers, whose who's are the fathers and from whom is the Christ. See, John 4, Jesus told the woman at the well, salvation comes through the Jews. Jesus will sit on the throne of David. He's a descendant of David, and those things were all fulfilled. And he said, whose are the fathers and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh who is over all? God blessed forever. Amen. See, his throne is forever and ever. His kingdom will see no end. He is high and lifted up. There, there's no other name under heaven. His name is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Not that he's a good teacher. Not that he had intellectual prowess of his time. Not that he brought good ethics. He did all that, but he did more. 
His blood was pure. He was sent on a rescue mission. God was in Christ reconciling the world. He not counting their trespasses against them. 1 John 5, 10, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Jesus is something. Who do men say that I am? This and that. But who do you say that I am? Boy, that's important. And as I was talking to the sweet couple, talking to the, another sweet couple that have, you know, this one guy said to me, oh, the only differences between Judaism, Islam, and Christianity is only about 5%, but that's what everybody uh, argues about. And I thought, not exactly. I was polite and I didn't rear up on that, but we were having this discussion. And because I intend to have an ongoing discussion, uh, I didn't, you know, cho I chose not to uh, jump on that at that point. But I'm, I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God that Jesus will be revealed to the nations. That's why these flags are up in the ceiling. And that's why this world map is up behind at the, on the altar. Because that, that's our parish. The world is our, our parish. The, the, this is a, 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 the church uh, the, and our mission is to reach the nations with the gospel. The gospel is good news. And the good news is that Jesus is more than a man. The good news is Jesus is, is the unique person of the universe who came by design at the proper time to eradicate the sin condition and whoever will call on his name and liberate them toward the direction of the calling and for eternity, hallelujah. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. When you believe in me, as the scripture says, even if you die, you live. So as heartbreaking as the death of our loved ones uh, it, it inevitably is and the loss and adjustment, at least we know where they are. They left a testimony, come on, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, King of kings, Lord of lords, mighty to save, awesome in power. John 20, verse 28, you know, Thomas uh, talked to him, you know, I didn't get to see him. Every, you know, he came through the walls, he resurrected, and you know, what, what's up with this? And uh, Jesus appears to him. He said, I, I, I won't believe until I touch his hands and his feet and see his pierced side and blah, 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 blah. And, and I love Thomas. I don't call him Doubting Thomas. I respect Thomas deeply because Thomas was honest. Everybody else was going, boy, I kind of wonder what that myself, you know. I'm glad Thomas asked that because he looks like the jerk and I, I look pretty posh over here. I'm going to get a stained glass window. He's not, you know. But Thomas asked the questions that, that prompted the great answers. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. There's, there's no stupid question. There's stupid apathy, but there's no stupid question. John 20, 28, Thomas landed, fell on his face, and answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. That's what Thomas said. He said, well, you've seen me and you believe, but blessed are those who haven't seen me and believe. And that's our mission right here. I'm cool with it. You know, I, I'm not basing my life on my five physical senses. I'm not basing my life even on revelation, uh, like uh, visions and dreams, and I've had them. I've had amazing experiences in God, but my primary focus is on the written word of God 
and the substance that it brings forth. That's where my faith is built. My faith is built on what God's word says. And I even judge and test my spiritual experiences based on the word of God. If it doesn't line up, I put it, I, I put it on to the side. If it does line up, I, I, I say hallelujah. But it, this, it's still not for revelation. It's for inspiration. This is the revelation. Colossians 2.9, this is the biggie. I put an asterisk next to this one. This stands out to me. Colossians 2.9, for in him, talking about Jesus... All the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. That's a biggie. Jesus, no, he is not just a good teacher. Jesus was the best teacher. I just read Matthew 5 over and over again, the Beatitudes they're called, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who mourn. Ble, you know, blessed are the humble in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. I mean, you get a stopwatch, use your phone and time it. Read it at a regular pace, and it, it only it's under a minute, and it's one of the greatest statements and teachings ever taught. And Jesus routinely, he would go, look at the birds of the sky, and the farmers would go, yeah, they steal seeds, and you know, look at the hard ground, and you know, they, they, they would just, they would be caught up. Jesus would be taking deep technical spiritual truths and applying in, in human terms so that a child could get it. So a cynic could have to go back and thoughtfully rethink their dismissiveness. So that a believer could be enriched and be strengthened and say, yes, I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe. Amen. See, this is a dream come true. This is God's dream for humanity. Paradise was forfeited and lost through Adam and Eve's sin and the temptation of, of Satan. And in that moment, God said, I'm going to send somebody that's going to do business with this and turn it all around. His heel will be bruised, but the enemy's head will be crushed through what he does. This is, this is devil head crushing. This is unbelief destroying truth. When you know the truth, the Bible says what will happen is the truth will set you free. And he spoke to those disciples who believed. So there is a belief system that we have to carry on with. And I'm, I'm big on, I believe that in him, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. And you, you know, I finish, I have so many more, but I don't have time. John chapter one, verse one, you know it. John chapter one, verse one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Look at that. What's that? And then look at verse 14. And, and, and the, 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 the verse 14 sums it up about Jesus. It, it, it's so strong. John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh. Well, now the word was God and the word became flesh. Jesus is the word made flesh, fully God and fully man, and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Last verse here on this, this run, John 5, 23. It, it, we need to honor this. You know, I want to honor God, but look what it says here. From the, it says, so that all will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. So he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. It's important that we get the answer to Jesus' question, who do you say that I am? And we keep on with it. 
And this whole notion that, well, he's a good teacher. And I've been a pastor now for over 40 years, so I've watched some things. I've watched some discipleship. I've watched some maturity, and I've watched some waywardness. And I've watched the devil work overtime on the belief system of men and women of God. I've watched him try to pick off youth generations. That's why when my wife was a high school teacher and the kids asked her, what makes you tick? She's a vibrant Christian. And uh, they, she said, well, I'm a Christian. Well, to explain that. And then they, they said, I want to be saved. I was dating her at the time. So we were, we were walking together closely through that. And that was one of those divine events. And, and God is wanting those divine events to transpire again and again, even with increased frequency. And he's proliferating and spreading his p- power throughout the church, Jesus said. I, I, I'm going to pour, Joel prophesied it, and Peter repeated it, and Jesus promised it, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. God the Father sent his son Jesus and sent the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I got an email from somebody that didn't like my teaching along these lines and intends to come in church and interrupt and wave their Bible and told them not to carry me out, told them not to tell me. Well, my staff is, you know, going to give me a heads up. And I think the person's, you know, probably sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. You know, and it also would be rude to disrupt the service. You know, you want to discuss something, you show some respect and have some manners. If you care about somebody's soul that much, you do it with tears instead of interrupting a service to tell somebody that, you know, how you give them a piece of their mind to disrupt a service. So we've had that, and the Holy Spirit will help us. You know, he's so good. And uh, I'll get back on track because that made you feel a little nervous. (laughs) Especially if that guy's here right now because he just just put his Bible down. What email? I don't know. Maybe what Pastor Jeff's preaching is right. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 through 11, the very end book of the Bible, it shows and reveals Satan as the accuser of the brethren. Have you ever heard that? He's, he, and Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. So Jesus had a lot of accusations. Uh, and Satan is spectacular at consistently accusing, night and day. In fact, it says here, Then I heard a, vo- a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before God day and night, night and day, day and night. And they overcame him, who? The accuser. Because of what? The blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony in the beginning was the word and they did not love their life even when they faced death. Here's a gentleman and his wife and his son. He was born in an Eastern Bloc nation and he knows what this persecution is all about. He saw the suppression on his dad and his mom and their love for Jesus and how they, the state that was atheistic was just another form of a religion. It's anti-God. And yet the believers, uh, his dad's still alive. He just, is he, has he had his 90th birthday? He's had his 90th birthday. And, uh, and, and God shined on their situation. God shined, filled. God will fill 
Not, well, I wish what happened to Pastor Patsy back in, you know, when she was a teacher would happen in my work or in my neighborhood. Or, uh, I, I, and, and it can, and it shall, and it will. And it's all based on getting to know him and getting to know all about him and becoming so clear about who Jesus really is. Because you'll come toe-to-toe with people that deny the deity of Jesus and have argument to support their opinion. You'll get on the internet, and if you're not careful, you'll get on algorithms and rabbit trails that'll take you down sophisticated, anti-Jesus confusion. Confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. But the devil always wants to confuse the situation. So here's what the accuser did in Jesus' ministry, and I'm almost out of time, but it says in Matthew 9, 11, the Pharisees, they accused him of keeping bad company. Oh, yeah, look, he hangs out with, he hangs out with riffraff, man. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with tax gatherers and sinners? You put IRS agents in there, fellowshipping with Jesus. Uh, it's funny because later on, Uh, He was talking to the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, and the townspeople were going, why are you talking with those bourgeoisie? You know, so it's like he's an equal opportunity offender. All right, he reached Nicodemus, and he reached the woman at the well. Just look at Matthew, or I mean John 3 and and 4 and meditate on that just to see all the stupid garbage about class systems and, and caste systems and class distinctions. Jesus died for all that whoever calls on his name will be saved. Matthew eleven nineteen, 19, the son of man came eating and drinking and they said, behold, look, a gluttonous man. He had too many cheese enchiladas and a drunkard, a, a friend of tax gatherers and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. So they accused him of gluttony and drunkenness. They accused him of blasphemy. This is a biggie. Matthew 26, 65. And, and if you read 66, uh, We'll read Matthew uh, 26, 66. We'll, 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 I can hear the, my, my consolation music coming up. What do you think? Well, let's see. Uh, is, that, is that verse 63? Verse Matthew 26, 63. There it is. But Jesus kept silent, and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, Hey, you said it yourself, bro. Nevertheless, I tell you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And so then that's when they said to him in verse 65, then the high priest tore his robes and said, he has blasphemed, he's a blasphemer. What further need do we have of witnesses? Behold, you have now heard the blasphemy. What was it? He just said, he and his father are one. He's, he's, he's sitting on a throne forever. They accused him of insanity. They accused him of being demon-possessed. Uh, they, in John 7, 7, 20, 7, 20 uh, they said, you have a demon. And, uh, you know, that, that's pretty insulting to the King of kings and the Lord of lords who came to set us free from demonic activity. Who do you say that he is? Get in the scriptures, get strengthened, get built up. In fact, do a study sometime in the next 10 days on the deity of Jesus. 
Now you'll find there are people called theologians that are very articulate, that have become pretty popular, that have worked to overturn these ideas. No resurrection, Jesus is not deity. And, and, and that's the, the neutralizing of, that's the reduction of Christianity. You take all that out, what do you have? Just a religious philosophy from the Middle East, 2,000 years old. But when you understand who Jesus is, and I'll close with this, let's all stand up on our feet. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For there's no man, no, no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Put one hand on your heart, one hand up toward heaven, and say, be with my mouth, Lord. Fill my thinking with revelation. Open up doors of opportunity for me to introduce others to Jesus. Help my church, Father. Help us in our time that our generation would declare the glory of God. More bodies would be healed. More minds would be renewed. More deliverances would occur. More souls would be saved. Jesus lives big in me. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is the Lord of my life. I can withstand every test because he's always with me. I am more than a conqueror in all the battles of life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Demons have to flee, bodies have to be healed, souls are getting saved. A harvest amongst the lost and a revival in the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Let's sing this. He won't fail.